Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Hope that doesn't make you feel something this morning on a Wednesday morning. Maybe you weren't paying attention. Good morning. Welcome in. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. I'm Shay Cornette. He's Bart Scott. Phil Shake and bake. Guys, like to call ourselves Shake and Bake in a little S&B. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests will join us on the Goodyear hotline a little bit later on this morning. Um, it's a feel-good Wednesday because last night was something special in Milwaukee. If you couldn't tell in the pregame by how hype that crowd was, oh. I mean, there were I, I haven't seen what about that. The 60,000 outside. Insane. It's insane. Like, I hadn't seen that many people that excited for a sporting event. It felt like an eternity to me, and it felt so good to watch. And then to cap it off with a W in game six at home for the Bucks, I can only imagine. So the Milwaukee Bucks do get the dub last night uh, 105 to 98. Bucks and six. Yes, it, it did happen. It was the first title in a half a century um, wow. for the Milwaukee Bucks. And that guy right there, Giannis Antetokounmpo, led the way. 50 points in oh, an I'm NBA sorry. Say that final. again. Say that again. 50 points. When you score 50, you got to say 50. 50. Oh, I'm sorry. He, he hit him for 50. <laughs> bad. 50. 50 points. Um, he's only the seventh player to score 50 in an NBA Finals game. He joins Elgin Baylor, Michael Jordan, Rick Barry, Jerry West, LeBron James, and Bob Pettit. I mean, he's in some very, very good company yes. now. Um, it, it, it was a... a incredible night from start to finish it feels like and Giannis did the absolute most five blocks he had a double double (laughs) with 13 boards I mean it was just all around an impressive performance and I think from start to finish this season like this has been the story right like Giannis signing the Supermax staying in Milwaukee deciding this is what he wants to do yes there were some injuries along the way but not just limited to the east also the same in the west Nonetheless, the Milwaukee Bucks get it done. And if you didn't feel something for that team and for Giannis, like I don't know if you haven't been paying attention or what's going on, but I got to tell you, it was he's been easy to root for, and I couldn't be more thrilled for the Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, to the victors go to spoils, right? And he deserves to get all his flowers, but you, you want to also tip your hat to what the Phoenix Suns were able to do, you know, almost trying to go from worst to first. Mm-hmm. And it's a tale of two stars. One star showed up. And he performed when the lights were the brightest. And another did not. Devin Booker didn't have a great night. No. And I think that was the difference. And, you know, f- throughout this course <clears throat> of the playoffs, we focused on everything that Giannis isn't. But let's appreciate today what he is. First of all, for him to come back, I don't know what kind of vibranium he, he dipped his body in to be able to come back and play after the knee injury, but that was something that we didn't expect. And for him to look that well in game one. But you talk about signature moments, right? You talk about the LeBron-like chase-down block, right? You talk about the block on Aiton, right? Only a few players in the league or maybe in history could have the athleticism to be able to do that. You talk about the alley-oop. Right where he went up to the heavens. The Greek guy, the Greek freak, went up to the heavens and went and got that ball. But what I appreciate about him is not only is he the best player for the Bucks, he is also the hardest worker. He's a guy that always is on 10. And you talk about what he did oh, and what he is. To me, he's the modern-day Shaquille O'Neal, right? He's the Greek freak. He's, he, he, he presents everything that Shaquille presented, right? Low close presence, gets majority of his dominance inside the paint, but he's able to dribble, right? He's Shaq, you know, evolution, Shaq 2.0, right? He is, he's what happens, like, when evolution happens. And, you know, he deserves this MVP and the fact that he signed the Supermax and the fact that he dealt with all the adversity, all the heartache, all the pain, right? Coming in, I mean, looking at that picture, man, it's funny. You know, when he's an 18-year-old kid, 
kid, and he's 198 pounds. They call him Melnurs. I don't know if he's Melnurs. They say he's Melnurs. For him, you know how much hard work for a basketball player it is to put on almost 45 pounds of good weight? That speaks to his dedication, the hard work. And listen, greatness is done in the shadows, right? Because the road to greatness is a lonely road because only so many dare to travel it. And he traveled it all alone in a small market. And this is big for the little guy, right? This allows, because what happens when anything happens and somebody has to analyze a champion, they figure out how they got there. And this was, you know, so they start fracking, right? So they start fracking and trying to emulate it. So now if you're a guy in a small market, now if I'm out there in Portland, I'm saying, you know what? Let's put all the chips in the middle of the table because we got a great player that we haven't appreciated and surround him with the people that we need because we can't waste their prime. Okay, a few things you said there that I want to build off of. First off, in terms of hard work, yes, you could go 100 different directions. But in this final series only, let's talk about the free throws, okay? Because have we dogged Giannis for the free throws? What did he do last night? He drained 17 of 19 from the charity stripe. Like, talk about overcoming what was on his brain throughout the entirety, it felt like, of the playoffs. And then last night, forget it. Just drains them. I was, those were moments yeah. where I'm like, this is what we're talking that's about. That's the dagger. That's, that's the dagger, right? That's the dagger. And then, in terms of the comparison to Shaquille O'Neal, let me give you some receipts for that. Giannis recorded three 40.10 rebound games in the NBA Finals, joining 2,000 Shaquille O'Neal as the only players in NBA history to do that. His final stat line, by the way, for this series, <laughs> just over 35 points, just over 13 boards, five assists. He shot 60, 62%. Um, of, field goal, of his field goals in the finals. I mean, an incredible stat line for Giannis Antetokounmpo throughout the entirety of this series. Now, let's hear from the Greek freak, shall we? This is him last night after the dub saying, yep, I did it my way. Take a listen. This is my city. You know, they, they trust me. They believe in me. They believe in us. Even when we were like, we were lost, the city still was like on our side. And, um, you know, obviously I, want, I wanted to get the job done. You know, uh, they, but that's my stubborn side. Like, it's easy to go somewhere and go and win a championship with somebody else. It's easy. I could go, I, I don't want to put anybody in the spot, but I could go to a super team and, you know, just do my part and win a championship, still one. But this is the hard way to do it, and this is the way I chose to do it. And we did it. We did it, man. <laughs> it's time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. And he's right. They did it. It was the hard way moment. to do it. But I, I love that moment, right? Because that was a lot of frustration. I love that isolating moment when that star, where everybody's in this state of euphoria, and he's able to finally stop and digest and live in the moment. And when he goes to the bench and sits down and has that moment to himself about what he did and what he just accomplished and how that changes his trajectory, right? Because now we talk about him in a different way. He was always like, well, why would he stay there for the Supermax? He can't get it done. And watching him sit there and just embracing and come in and from the performance that he had, putting that team on his back. He put that team on his back, and his will was greater than the stars of the sun. You know, I, I mean, you, you feel sorry for, for Chris Paul. Well, I don't because, I, you know, after the Clippers, how he finished out, I, I, I wanted the Greek freaking men to get it done. But guys like um, Chris Middleton. Right, that's always been told that they weren't good enough, that they're a star. And that's what's great about you know, small markets. They might not be the star that most people want, but that's the star that they have, and they embrace them. And they say, you know what, you know, Chris Middleton, he, he's not Kevin Durant. He's not, he's not James Harden, but he's our guy. He's our star. And he showed up. But you know, what Giannis did, the consistency in which he did it in, you know, is something that we haven't seen. I haven't seen a, a, a dominance like this in the finals 
I don't know since yeah. since Shaquille no, O'Neal. You haven't. You haven't at all. Uh, Anthony Zacumbo led the Bucks in Game Six, recording 50 points, 14 boards, five blocks, becoming the first player with a 50, 10, and five in a playoff game uh, since they were first tracked in 1973, 1974. So no, you have you have not. Fifty. Seen this. And what made like when we see fifties, he's a, he's a guy that's getting two pointers. Yeah. It ain't like he's throwing up a jacking up still Three. 11 threes. No, he knows what like his that. game is, and that's what I appreciate. Uh, Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. Start the day is brought to you by Indeed. Hiring, start finding the right people, right way. Visit Indeed.com/slash/credit. Okay. Um, we do got to go to break, but there's so many things to talk about f- from last night. And we didn't yeah. even like scratch the surface. Like we haven't even mentioned Chris Middleton. And there were so many things that I thought he did really well last night. And coach Bud, you said for all the things we don't give credit to Giannis for, let's, let's give him some credit. Same thing with coach Bud. Yeah. Like, let's give it to him too, but we'll have to do that a little bit later. Uh, 10 times an all-star yet still unfulfilled. What's next for an all-time great that we haven't yet mentioned. That's next. But first Bart has this from straight talk wireless. It's time for some straight talk. We've all been there. You have some real work to do, but the free Wi-Fi where you're working isn't going to cut it. It's like leaving a winning runner stranded on third base. Not good. Well, now you can get your own hotspot with Straight Talk Ultimate Unlimited Plan. Get 10, 10 gigs of hotspot data for just 55 bucks a month, all on America's largest, most dependable networks. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. Capability device required, compatible device required. See straighttalk.com. While one team celebrates, the other team a crushing defeat. Monty Williams, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, the entire Phoenix Suns organization take a bow. What an incredible ride. You know, this isn't something you want to feel. You know, you, I haven't felt hurt like this in my life. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus. Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right, we talked a lot about the Bucks, and we'll do more of talking about the Bucks because they deserve all their flowers, especially Giannis Antetokounmpo. We will continue to do that throughout the entirety of the show, but we're going to go to the other side and talk a little bit about the Phoenix Suns, the losers uh, in six in Milwaukee. Couldn't get one on the road, not one time in this series. Again, the Bucks win 105-98, to and so Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, and company um, yeah. have to go back to Phoenix. And 
you know, there's a lot of different ways you can go with this, but I guess let's start with Chris Paul. Okay. Cause we're going to get into Booker who really had an awful game yeah. <laughs> last night, an absolutely awful game. Chris Paul is 36 years old. He's spent a decade and a half in the league. He's been played for several different teams and, and he's one of those guys, at least for me. And you know, everyone feels differently. Like it, he's easy to root for as well. Like kind of like Giannis, just because he's been through a lot in this league. And last night, look, the Suns gave the bucks. I thought, everything that they, they could possibly handle last night. Yeah. They, they were leading at halftime. They jumped out to an early lead. They outscored the Bucks 31 to 13 in the second quarter, and they had him on the ropes late. Okay. Um, Chris Paul finished with 26 points. He was 11 for 19 shooting five assists in the finale last night. And again, they were, they were within four with a minute and some change left in the game. Just not enough though. Couldn't get it back back you know to Phoenix and so the question now is about Chris Paul and what does this mean for him and before you answer that Bart let's hear from CP3 here he was after the game last night it'll take a while to process this or whatnot but it's same mentality get back to work you know what I mean I ain't retiring if that's what you're asking that's out so you know back to work so back to work so CP3 says he's back to the grind um Will will he stay with Phoenix? That's maybe a maybe a question for later on. Um, does he go somewhere else? <clears throat> the Lakers? I don't know. Banana boat crew. We'll see. We'll see. Um, something I also want to point out, though, before you react to this, now twelve straight playoff games officiated by Scott Foster that Chris Paul has lost. You heard me. I said bet. I called my bookie on, on this show yesterday. What I is called that? the bookie. I said bet it all. <laughs> bet the house. Bet the house. <laughs> I mean, listen, he, he's a great player. Um, and listen, there's one of those things, right? Collectively as a team, I know he has a lot of scar tissue, but collectively as a team, they had not faced any adversity. No, none. And they didn't face any mm-hmm. adversity early in, in, in the playoffs. So when they hit adversity, it's hard to learn how to react to it when the pressure's at the, its highest point. When you can see, the, you can see the, 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 the trophy, the championship trophy, just right there in front of your eyes, right? And they didn't respond, right? And I thought that Monty Williams did a great job because I suggested that you know, they maybe should have gave a little uh, Cameron Payne there because, you know, Chris Paul looked like he was tired, right? We heard Perkins saying that CP3 needed CPR, CPR, right? And the fact that they tried to rest him at the end of the third quarter so that he can finish out strong. And listen, he answered the bell. But at some point, it was going to be the law of diminishing returns when you think about, uh, when you, when you think about Devin Booker. He had carried that team and performed well even in the losses. He was due for a not superb game. And the problem is the others, when they saw that he was struggling, wasn't able to be able to answer the bell and fill in the points and fill in the box score, you know, that Devin Booker left open. I mean, Devin Booker, you know, eight for 22, and they made it tough for him. And he had six turnovers. Like, you can't have that. Right, exactly. So, I mean, you you look at that, Crowder tried to step up, you know, and now they have a lot of questions as well. Right. Because we can say like you always have to take advantage of the opportunities when they present themselves, because you always think, oh, because we went here, it's going to be easy to get back. The West is going to be stacked. There's going to be a lot of stars that was injured. That's going to be healthy next year. And Chris Paul needs to make sure that he chooses wisely, because sometimes we can call it fool's gold, thinking that, you know, because you went to a certain point this year, that next year you can pencil in. Right. You look at all the free agents that they have. You know, are they going to be able to keep bridges? Because now people have seen these guys. What happens is the masses, I'm sure the, the football, I mean, the basketball guys understood who these guys were as basketball players. But a lot of these guys' stock has risen, and they're going to have to fight to retain some of these guys. And a lot of these guys haven't made big money before. So, I, you know, what comes first, the winning or the bag? 
And a lot of times it's the bag first, the winning second. The injury storyline, as it pertains to the East, like, is lame to me because it was the same story in the West pretty much, okay? So, like, in the East, okay, Trey Young got hurt, James Harden was hurt, Kyrie Irving was was hurt, and Bede got banged up. In the West, like, the Suns didn't have to face adversity because they had such a good record during the regular season. They they never trailed in a series. Right. But they got, you know, look, they defeated the reigning champions in the Lakers. AD and LeBron, who knows if they were 100%, but they had issues going throughout the entire season. They swept the league MVP in Jokic and the Nuggets. They bounced the Clippers. And, look, they yeah. gave the Bucks pretty much all that they could possibly handle last night. So, both teams deserve a lot of credit for what this came down to. But, like, for Chris Paul and the Suns, and I thought Booker said it best, and we can hear from him a little bit later, like, it's got to go into the details. The Suns are young outside right. of Jay Crowder and Chris right. Paul. Like, this is a really young squad. The Bucks had years on them, and the Bucks also had a little more equity in them, too. Like, yeah. this is going to take a little bit of time. Like, just because CP3's been around for a hot minute doesn't mean everyone right. else has. And I think Booker – is young. Yeah, he dropped two 40-pointers back-to-back, but last night he struggled. 19 yeah. points. You mentioned the 8-for-22 shooting, six turnovers. In the fourth quarter, he was 2-for-7. Yeah. It's bad. Yeah, he, I mean, he, he couldn't come up big, and maybe he, his legs were a little tired. I maybe. mean, you think about the great, okay. the great defense that uh, Middleton and Holiday put on yes. Tucker. They ran him off, and they made it difficult. But you know what? He's going to go back, and he's going to get that muscle memory and understand what it takes to get totally. to the next level. And like I said, collectively as a group, they didn't have enough scar tissue, right? So they had nothing to refer back to when things got tough. That's why when it went bad, it went bad. Like, you know, you would think that they wouldn't lose four in a row, especially a team that rarely lost three in a row during the regular season. And to lose four in a row and, and, and to lose it in that fashion, heartbreaking fashion, lets you know that they didn't know how to finish, mm-hmm. right? They didn't know how to finish collectively as a group. And Booker maybe somewhat put it all on him. Remember what Giannis used to be when they used to put the fence up and Giannis didn't trust his teammates. That's why I'm so impressed with Giannis because we're, we, we have a very heavily flawed superstar, right? And I remember, you know, uh, being coached by Mike Singletary and talks about greatness comes in every shape and size. And maybe because it doesn't look the way that you've seen the, the, the great players, like the skill set of LeBron, even though he's not considered a great shooter, you know, his basketball acumen, his skill level is second to none. Like maybe Giannis is not the most complete superstar and it doesn't look like Kevin Durant. It isn't beautiful, but you know, it's a beauty to his grace, grace, his, his, um, how gracious he is and how agile he is. Like, and I don't think you can like really appreciate how subtle it is to be able to have that subtle Euro step, how to be able to spin in the middle of the lane and be able to finish at the basket. Yeah. It's like much like Zion, most of his, his, his field goals come in, in the paint, but he has to get there and everybody knows he's going there, but yet they can't deny him. Everyone, it doesn't all need to look the same. Like yeah. that's what I appreciate about the NBA. Like everyone can get theirs in their own certain way, and you, clearly that's what Giannis did last night. So normally we'd give you an impressive breakdown of something you didn't know or a stat that was just absolutely insane. But instead, I'm going to give you one that you might have already heard: fifty, fourteen, and five. Pretty incredible on its own from Giannis Antetokounmpo. Stats incredible. Brought to you by My Computer Career Training for a Better Life. Okay, training camp in the NFL gets underway today for the Dallas Cowboys. It's today, but a season-changing injury has already hit a. Con- Tender. Hmm, that's next. Bart Scott, Shea Pepler, Cornette. This is Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin, ESPN Radio, ESPN2, Sirius XM Channel 80. We'll be right back. This is brutal for both 
the Rams and for Akers, who really started to break out at the end of last season. A running back is not only the quarterback's best friend, the running game is also the defense's best friend. More from Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin next. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Oh. Not a good day yesterday for the Rams, Damn. not even a little. And since it is time to talk football, I should remind you, training camp starts today for the Dallas Cowboys, tomorrow for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the rest of the league report next week because those two teams are in the Hall of Fame game. And so, time to talk a little NFL. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. I'm Shay Cornette. He is Bart Scott. We're hanging out this morning, filling in for the guys. It's a Wednesday morning, a lot of NBA talk, but we got to switch gears to the NFL. Yesterday, Adam Schefter reported that Cam Akers, the Rams running back, he's going into his second year, tore his Achilles. Um, He's expected to miss the entire 2021 season. He suffered the injury while working out and underwent testing to confirm the diagnosis, which again says that he does indeed have a torn Achilles. And so the Rams now will look elsewhere uh, for their lead feature back. But before we get into all of that, let's hear from his head coach. That would be Cam Akers head coach, Sean McVay. Here he was yesterday on the Max Kellerman show talking about what a loss this is for the team. The way he was playing at the end of the year where he can play all three downs and you can really give him a heavy workload and he just gets better as he accumulates touches and carries, that's hard to find. You know, it, it was it felt similar to what Todd had done for so many years for us a couple years back. And I think, you know, it's, it's, it's on the record about how highly I think of Kim and what a complete player I think he is. It's a, it's a big loss, uh, but it is an opportunity for others. Okay. And so now who's going to fill that void? Daryl Henderson should probably get the first opportunity, right? Bart, Uh, he'll be the number one back, but behind him, not much insurance, Xavier Jones and Raven Calais, They have never taken an NFL carry in a regular season game, ever, never. And then there's Otis Anderson, an undrafted free agent rookie that they could look to as well, and Jake Funk. Three of those four guys I just listed are either seventh or eighth round picks and or undrafted free agents. Like, it's a little bleak now at the running back position for the Los Angeles Rams, the team I know you thought was going to win the division. Yeah, well, I still think they're going to win in division. They just ran into some adversity, and they're going to have to learn how to be, you know, unique in different ways. Yeah, I think you give Henderson, you give Jones, you give Funk, you give them the opportunity to to prove themselves, but you definitely going to make sure that you go get you a veteran out there because the most important thing is making sure that you have protection on third downs to be able to pick up blitz packages on Matthew Stafford because if Matthew Stafford gets hurt, then all your dreams are done. That's the one player that they can't replace. So you you think about, you know, 
know, who could potentially can be out there a little bit. You know, I know Le'Veon Bell, he's 29 years old. I don't, you know, it didn't work out well, you know, in Kansas City. We expected, we thought it was more about the Jets than it was about him. But when he went to the best team in the league, he didn't show himself well. You still have Shady McCoy out there who may have some interest in still playing, especially for a team that's a Super Bowl contender. He's went from one Super Bowl to the next Super Bowl, and sometimes you become good luck Chuck that way. Yeah. And also, you know, you think about a guy like maybe like Duke Johnson, yeah. right? A guy like Duke Johnson that's, that's really young. You know, Houston has a bunch of, of, of running backs, and it's a trace to be put out there, right? And um, so I think they go about it that way, but they give these guys the first opportunity. Uh, but you can't blink. Um, get used to this early. It's good to have to adjust if you, if you have to adjust, adjust before training camp so you can still have opportunities to go out there and get you know, people that's available. As people are going to get cut during training camp as well, you'll get some opportunities to pick up a, a supplemental piece somewhere. I like those three veterans you just laid out, and obviously it sounds like considering they have their stable of backs right now are all very, very young yeah. and inexperienced, um, and so they're likely going to have to look elsewhere to replace Cam Akers. Well, what does Sean McVay think about that? Let's take a listen to the Rams head coach again. I think, uh, I think you want to take a step back. I think the, the immediacy of it is your, your first inclination is, okay, who do we have to, to replace it? And then what you do feel good about is we've got some young depth on the roster and it'll earn guys an opportunity to really see, all right, how do they handle a little bit more of a workload? How are they able to handle some competitive opportunities we'll have, whether it be in the preseason or practicing against the Cowboys and the Raiders. And so we've got some young backs on our roster that I'm intrigued about seeing how they handle this opportunity. I don't know that the veteran route is something that we would rule out, but it's not something that we're immediately looking to address right now, you know, with it just occurring yesterday to Cam. Yeah. Okay. So obviously he's not like on the phone yesterday when he's dealing with the Cam Akers situation, but you have to assume it's going to happen sooner or later once he does get a good look at at these backs. And again, Daryl Henderson will probably get the first opportunity as the number one running back, and then it's a crapshoot. Xavier Jones, Raymond Calais, again, two guys who have never had a carry in an NFL game, and then Otis Anderson, an undrafted free agent rookie. And so it, it, the the cupboard is a little bare there. Yeah. So how quickly, like you, I'm sure, have been in a situation like this before where you have a star on your team, you're going into training camp, and then there's, you know, wide open spaces on the roster. So, like, how soon do you look to fill this void? Well, first of all, in camp you need bodies, right, because you can't put a heavy workload on on any player, any position if you don't have any depth. So they have some young players, but they don't have any experience. But sometimes you just need camp bodies. You have to have people that you can rely on because you're going to have your first couple of preseason games and you can't put that many miles. You know, the the first couple of days of camp is the most dangerous. Right, because that's where guys are coming off of training and running in shorts and to, to react and put it on the pads. So usually when guys go down, you, you have the most injuries in training camp at the beginning of training camp. So you want to make sure that you really work these guys in slowly. You know, and you know, listen, right now they have a board of all the potential replacements and free agents and guys that are pending, guys that they believe are going to get – get cut during camp or guys that are in, in fights at other teams that may get, you know, beat out by a younger version of themselves. Right. I mean, hold up, uh, please. I hope they don't go get Frank Gore. You know what I mean? Frank, Frank, Frank Gore, Gore Adrian a- Peterson. Those yeah. guys might be aging out a little. Yeah. AK Benjamin button. I don't know if they want to get somebody that old, but I look at a team like the jets, right. And we know with that new system that they have that, that, um, 
you know, uh, Kyle Shanahan sent them that one-cut system. They're going to have, you know, good running backs regardless. But they have tremendous depth. Remember, they brought in Tevin Coleman, right? They drafted Michael Carter, right? Last year, I believe that Josh Adams averaged six yards a carry. And then they also have, um, you know, they have six uh, yards a carry. So they're going to have two or three good young running backs that are going to, that are going to get cut. They drafted uh, Michael P. Ryan the year before, so they so that's a way where you can make sure that you can solidify and give up a late draft pick to make sure that you get a guy that you know can play because they have a resume. But you know, the guy like Ty Johnson averaged um, he averaged eight yards per carry with the Jets last year. So they have big backs, every type of back that you need. The thing is, you may not be able to replace Cam Akers with one player. You have to kind of have one player that's good on third down and catching the ball, yeah, by right? And, and, and running back by committee. But I think it's you know the easiest thing to replace is a running back because you know mm-hmm. most running backs translate to the to the pros really really well for having a new quarterback now for the Rams right yeah. like Jared Goff say what you want about him but he was in that system longer than Matthew Stafford has yeah. been and and look you know more football than I can pretend to know but I would assume when you have a new quarterback there uh, under center like handing the football off and getting accustomed to your surroundings is probably the easiest way to do so and so now when yeah. you lose your number one you know your feature back essentially right. the guy that you were planning on handing the ball off to like what kind of adjustment is that now for Matthew Stafford like he's gonna have to get used to a new group of personnel or is it early yeah. enough for him where it doesn't matter it's super early right they're gonna they got four weeks to, to get you know chemistry with each other, right, to do it and see the defense the right way. Because when you're going through OTAs, you know, you're in pads. you got a couple of young heroes that want to try and show up. But, you know, this is where the proof's in the pudding when you, when you get to training camp and you start going against bodies, you start having practices with other organizations. Matthew Stafford's a pro, right? He, he, you know, he's a young quarterback, but he's been around for a long time. I think he's been in the league 11, 12 years. Mm-hmm. He's seen it all. He has multiple, you know, um, different types of running backs, mm-hmm. all the turnovers on turnover that they had there in Detroit. He's going to be just fine. You know, he's a pro. He's one of the best quarterbacks that we don't know about. We talk about how we discovered Devin Booker, how we discovered some of these other people in the playoffs. The world is going to get to know the greatness of Matthew Stafford. I hope so. I, I hope that for him. Uh, so you still like the Rams to win the NFC West. Doesn't, doesn't change this at all. To win the Super Bowl. Oh, excuse me. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put it down now. I mean, listen, I haven't bet yet, but I, that bet's coming pretty soon. You know, as soon as I, was it Thursday? Thursday we get paid here at ESPN. Yeah, I'm going to put that bet on. I want, I want <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what happens Thursday. Yeah, we get our paycheck. Yeah, Thursday. I want the early one. I want the, I, want the, I want the bet early. You want to bet early. Okay, so the Rams win the Super Bowl. I don't know that I've made my Super Bowl pick just yet, but I'm glad you've already – maybe I would take the Chiefs perhaps. That's where I would go. Overnight delivery brought to you by USPS. Business is changing, and USPS is changing with it. Find out how at usps.com slash new routes. The United States Postal Service priority you. If we were gonna do that, the Jets got so many good running backs. I don't know how they're gonna figure out. Um, but then you said Kyle Shanahan. Deshaun, Jay, Will, and Zubin. Bart Scott and Shay Cornett here hanging out with you this morning. We're presented by Progressive Insurance, and all guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline, and that's where we're going to go right now because Jen Lotta joining us from Milwaukee. She's on there in Milwaukee. ESPN Milwaukee is where you can hear her. Uh, brought to you by Goodyear, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear, more get more driven. Good morning to you, Jen. How little of sleep are you on? <laughs> 
Good morning, more like great morning, Shay, and I am on four hours of sleep. If you thought my voice was bad yesterday, my voice is going to be awful today, and I don't even care. I I don't blame you at all. Four hours of sleep. I'm familiar with this kind of life. Um, And so obviously you're there, you're in Milwaukee, and before I ask you about any of the details of the game, I just want to know what the scene was like, because Dear District, I, I haven't seen anything like that in a long time. I mean, what was it like to be there? Uh, incredible and, and richly deserved Shay, right? Like they, they opened up the deer district. They opened up a whole nother lot yesterday so that there were, they were allowing for 65,000 people. I haven't seen official numbers, but I'm going to guess that it climbed way above that because when you looked out of Pfizer forum out over the deer district, there wasn't a speck of land mm. to be seen. Like there were people everywhere. And of course you've got 16,000 plus in the arena. I was in the arena. I can tell you it was packed to the seams, all right? So every single standing room only spot, every single seat, every single suite spot, and maybe even then some, like this place was jammed, as it should be for a team that has been on this long, long journey. As you guys know, 50 years since their last NBA title. This is the very first Larry O'Brien trophy in Milwaukee, so it was richly deserved for all those people who trekked their way down to downtown Milwaukee to the Deer District to take part in what was a raucous and deserved celebration. Giannis was already an urban legend, but where does this place him amongst the uh, Bucks greats? When you think about the big O, you think about Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, think about Sidney Montcrief. Where does this put him? Do they, do they, do they start sculpting the statue outside right now of the block or the uh, Yeah, oop? absolutely, Bart. I mean, they do. They just do. And, and guys, I, I, it's crazy to think that he is just 26 years old. Like, that's astounding to me because it feels like he's been in the league for a really long time. And, oh, yeah, he has because he started when he was so young. So, like, he's got so much more time to continue adding to this resume and building this legacy. Uh, And there was a list yesterday that I saw rolling around on SportsCenter and on social media of, like, guys who had won multiple MVPs and finals MVPs. And the list was so short. it It was only nine guys. Right. And you talk about the titans of the NBA in Michael Jordan, Kareem, Larry Bird. And right there at the bottom of the list, the most recent addition is Giannis Antetokounmpo. Right. So like the sky is the limit for this guy. And I know, Bart, I heard you driving in and I know you and I have chatted sitting next to each other on an airplane about a month ago (laughs) about the limitations on Giannis's game. Enough of that. Enough of that. There's more than one way to be a champion. And I love that people are starting to embrace what Giannis is and that, more importantly, Giannis is embracing what he is and who he is instead of trying to be something he isn't right now. I am all for evolving your game, adding a little trick here and there as you continue on your journey. But it finally seemed like as the playoffs went on, he was like, I'm going inside downhill try to stop me and it works for the Bucks with a big 50 burger last night <laughs> if you can't tell Jen Latta's waking up in Milwaukee this is Jen Latta of ESPN Milwaukee she's the host of Jen Gabe and Chewy 7 and 9 a.m. Central I know right she's like living in I love the enthusiasm <laughs> in her voice we needed you Jen this morning like we were already hyped but we needed a little bit of you um okay so now let's move to coach Bud because the criticism was loud and it was forceful it felt like throughout the entirety of these playoffs and then last night happened and it felt like you know, those who maybe were very critical of Coach Bud had to take a step back and kind of shut their mouth a little bit. So is it finally time to give Coach Bud the, the credit that he deserves? Yeah, probably all the flowers. Mm-hmm. Certainly some respect. 
and certainly his due, because the biggest criticism of Bud was what, guys? That he didn't make adjustments. He was one of those stubborn coaches who said, well, what I've been doing has always worked, so why would I deviate from that plan? But then you saw there were times where it didn't work, and his team was getting you know, crushed. You know, it's crazy to think of some of the moments in this playoff run. Do we even talk about Giannis's knee going flamingo on him? Do we even talk about that right now? Like, it is crazy. But, but to get back to Bud, the adjustments that he made throughout this series and throughout the playoff run, you've got to give him credit for that, right? He put guys in positions to succeed. There have been times where guys weren't coming through, weren't playing their best offense, weren't hitting shots, right? Drew Holiday comes to mind. But Drew Holiday's defense was coming through. And I think that you look at all of those things and the way that he put guys in positions to succeed, even when they may not have been having their best games, and you have to give him credit for making those adjustments, for tweaking his character, right, the way that he was hardwired, that absolutely deserves all the credit and all the respect. So one ring, one win equals a ring for Aaron Rodgers, who's a minority owner, but will he be there competing for two? As he, will he, do you guys expect him to show up, and do you expect the Packers to figure it out? What are you doing to me, Bart? <laughs> I was like, did we lose Jen on that question? What happened? Well, I mean, I thought that we too were soon, friends, Too soon? And too early? Too now soon? I'm starting to think that maybe maybe I was uh, overestimating our relationship. Um, yeah, we obviously will continue talking about Aaron Rodgers' Packers training camp just about a week away. Um, and, and we don't know. We, you know, we obviously saw the uh, report from Adam Schefter yesterday. We had obviously heard rumblings of that leading up to the report yesterday as well about them offering him a contract and giving him all of the money and how it wasn't about the money. What we can't figure out here in Milwaukee, and I think this extends through the fan base and even nationally, is what does he want? If it isn't about the money, like, and it isn't about the, the security, right? Because that was the other thing. He didn't want to be a lame duck quarterback. All right, so they say, we'll push all of our chips to the middle of the table on you, Aaron Rodgers, and security for five years. And, and he doesn't want that either. So is it all about control? Or does he just want out, guys? And if he just wants out, I have a very hard time seeing how he wins this one because it is not in the Packers' best interest to trade him. Certainly not right now. You know, their best haul would have been on draft night. They didn't do that. They're probably kicking themselves for that because they didn't think this thing would go as nuclear as it's gone. And now you got to try to get the best, you know, deal back for him. I heard about the speculation. There's people who are saying, oh, why don't they sign a one-year deal? And at the end of the one year, you shake hands, you go your separate ways, and he can go off into the sunset and play for whomever. Why in the world would you do that with an asset? Why in the world, if you're running a business, do you just let something valuable go for free? So it's... It, it blows the mind. It baffles the mind. It'll be so interesting to see how this plays out because you're dealing with stubbornness, you're dealing with ego, and you're dealing with two sides that still refuse to blink. Okay, talking to Jen Lotta really quick before we let you go, and I'll let you have your celebration this morning, Jen. Um, I, I do want to ask you to kind of take a guess here with Rodgers. Does he show up to training camp next week at all, the following week? Obviously, I know you're not in his head, and you can't predict the future, but if you had to guess, knowing what you know about Aaron Rodgers and this organization so well, what would you assume? I have always been in the camp of he's not showing up, and that simply goes back to having covered the guy for as long as I have and him being supremely stubborn, you know, with that legendary chip on his shoulder, I don't see how he convinces himself that going back is a win for him, that he can put a tally mark in the win column. Unless he says, I got to do it for my guys. 
I got to do it for Devontae Adams. I got to do it for Aaron Jones. I got to do it for David Bakhtiari. I got to do it for all these guys, Mercedes Lewis, that I have relationships with who deserve another shot at the title, who deserve another shot at hoisting the Lombardi, much like the Bucks are hoisting the Larry O'Brien here. Unless, and look, hey, there's something to be said for that. You watch the Bucks celebrating last night on the floor of Pfizer Forum, and you're a competitor, and you think you have a team that's close to winning. Don't tell me that doesn't motivate you a little bit. Don't tell me that you don't go, we could do that. Man, we, God, if, I can just, if we could just figure some stuff out, we could get there. Like maybe that's the tipping point, right? I mean, who knows with this guy? But right now I'm still of the belief that he doesn't show up to camp next week. After that, it's a crapshoot. Okay. Does, does he show up for the parade uh, to, you know, as a minority owner? Ooh, that's a good one. Nah, I don't think so, man. If he didn't show up to game six in Milwaukee where they had a chance to win the whole thing as a minority owner, I don't think he's taking the shine off these guys. Yeah. You know, because that would be a huge, you know, 1A, 1B storyline for the parade. And I think he wants these guys to get the uh, the respect they're due, the accolades that they're due, and not take any of that shine away. Good point. All right, Jen Lotta, host of ES- in ESPN Milwaukee. Thank you so much for the time. We really appreciate the insight. Go enjoy this great morning in Milwaukee and Mimosas. celebrate that Bucks win. Bucks in six, guys. The prophecy <laughs> has been fulfilled. <laughs> it really has. See you, Jen. I should have known better Like when I welcomed him. I'm like, good morning, Jen. And she's like, good morning. Good morning. It's <laughs> a great morning. I'm like, you're right. I didn't set that up properly. That was my bad. But now I know. It is a good morning in Milwaukee. But like, even the way we were asking questions, right? We started with Bucks, finished with Rogers. Like, she's right. He's right. not showing up to the parade. He didn't even show up to the game last night. I don't know. He's maniacal like that. You know what I mean? He might just yeah, show the dra- up. Like the draft night? <laughs> right, right. See, but he knows if he does that, he probably has to, like, like go have a conversation and be seen walking to the Green Bay Packers facility to have a conversation about what his wishes are, maybe negotiate a little bit, and then he can leave. So then he, that, that's a great excuse to be there, enjoy the parade, go talk to the team. I'm not coming. I don't want this. I'm out. Well, no. He would go to the parade first. Yeah, then, go to the parade first. And then go to – you're saying then go to Lambeau and have well, a well, – no. Well, he have a no. meeting. He has a meeting, right? Because They've they, already flown out to California to have meetings with him. He ain't going there to have a meeting. got to check on his house. <laughs> Does he? Don't you have people for that? <laughs> <laughs> when you get to your guys' I didn't, I didn't make – I don't got no discount, double-check uh, paycheck. <laughs> I ain't never made no Rogers money. This is the same guy who I asked him about his social media, and he told me his people running it for him. So I just want to point that out. <laughs> That's because I don't know how to uh, send an email. <laughs> <laughs> still working on it. You work in media. We don't know how to send an email. Well, yeah, we got to work. It's just a quick click of a send button. Pretty simple. Um, all right. Giannis has figured it out, in my opinion. He has done what I have been preaching mm-hmm. these athletes to be doing, and he's finally found a way to do it. Does he get the respect for it, though? That is the question. We'll figure it out next. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. We're Bart, Bart Scott and Shea Cornette, and we'll be right back.